What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. Badgers basketball is over. The season's over. And I am bummed. Let's talk about it. It's the therapy session. Um, let's go on Wisconsin. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. Thank you for making this one of your first listens every day, multiple times during the day at times. Um, I want to start by saying thank you for everybody tuning in, everybody watching, everybody leaving comments. Um, I really do appreciate every single person taking the time out of their day. Uh, it's the most valuable thing any of us have. So thank you so much for helping build this Badger community. Let's bring Justin on. Bunch of comments already. Um, the season's over, man. Let's let's start with this though. You ready? Hey, Doc. I need to talk about it. My head is going to explode. What the heck just happened? It's the therapy session on Locked On Badgers. Hey, Doc, I need to talk about it. Oh, it's My head is going to explode. Stop playing. It's looping. <laughs> okay. So Welcome to Locked On Badgers, everybody. <laughs> difficulties there. Um, Justin, the, the Badgers basketball season's over. They they blow a lead, which should surprise nobody. They score zero points in the last nine minutes, which should surprise nobody. How are you doing today, my friend? I mean, technical difficulties, I guess that would describe the Badgers offense in the second half. Um, Kind of a microcosm of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Another massive scoring drought that, that puts us in a bad spot. Some Some really good play. And also some really middling and inconsistent play in the course of the game. Um, you know, I, I really don't know what to say. Like, 13 points is almost unheard of in a second half. It's it's really difficult to get that level of point production in the second half. And I believe Jim Polzine put out there, they were at 1.37, which is ultra efficient in the first half. 0.42 points per possession in the second half, which I think like 0.9 or 0.8 is average. So we're half of that. <laughs> that shows you how poorly the second half went for this game. I got to be honest, man. I'm sad. Like I, I, I am honestly kind of – a lot of people wrote this off when we went to the NIT and they said, I don't care what happens. I actually really got invested in this. I want to start there. Like, I really did. I got really invested in this, cheering for them. I'm super bummed they lost this game. I know a lot of people wrote it off as it doesn't matter because it's the NIT. And in the big picture, I agree with that, by the way. Like, I, I know it doesn't matter. It's the NIT. Mm-hmm. I know if – and I would said it. If we won, don't, don't you dare hang a banner for this. Yeah. But I still – we had a 12-point lead and an 11-point lead. We had an 8-point lead with six minutes left. I'm – I shouldn't be shocked that we lost. I'm kind of surprised that we still ended up coughing that up. And Justin, we didn't score for nine minutes in the second half. Yeah. How is that possible at the division one level, even for us? I don't know. It's such a frustrating team, you know, and this is why when we look at stuff like this, it's really difficult for me to, to get behind. Like people say, well, this team's got a lot going into next year. This is this is what this team is. Like they can have some really good stretches, but they can also be terrible for for long periods of time where we can't where we just can't score. And the Big 10 is not what I want to be our our, you know, line that decides how good we are because I feel like the Big 10's not what we think it is. It's a little bit of fool's gold too. 
and it was proven out in kind of the NCAA tournament. So at some point, Wisconsin has to just line this up and say, hey, our goal is to be towards the top of the good teams in the country, which means that we need to push for being an elite team and being towards the, the NCAA tournament, getting in and finding the level of talent that can get us there and looking at what we have in-house and being honest with what we see. Now, there's some nice players on this team. I don't want to belittle any of these players. They, they play their butt off and they play hard, but this team, it does lack talent. Like, and that's why you score a 13 point half. Like it's, that's borderline impossible to do. It's like really we've hard. had, we've had 20 some point halves where we look at it and it's like, this was an awful half of basketball. We scored like half that. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to score 13 points as a major division one program mm-hmm. against, let's be honest. North Texas is a good defensive team for what they are. Mm-hmm. They don't play in a major conference. Um, there's no excuse for that. There there's, I listen, I, I want to go here because I've already seen several comments, Justin, I want to loop you in on this one. And then I want to keep talking about the game. And then I want to talk, take a bunch of your comments. We have a bunch of comments. I want to get to some really good ones, by the way, but I want to start here. I, I, I think we're on the same page with this. The last month and a half of the season, we kind of came to the same point where we're not going to make a referendum out of every game, Mm -hmm. right? You lose. It's not fire guard. You win. It's not extend guard. There was a point where the season was just kind of, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. He needs to to make big jumps in the offseason. Um, I'm seeing some fire guard comments. I'm seeing some Chris McIntosh needs to make action. He's not getting fired. Yeah. Like, he's not getting fired after this game. Um, these, There's, these, he's going to get his opportunity to fix this. Yeah, and I, I just want to throw that out there. Like, I'm curious where you're at, but these holes that we saw today have been there the entire season. This isn't, like, a new, a new thing. We, this is just, like you said, a microcosm of what we've seen the entire year. Guard's going to get the offseason to try to fix this. I would be stunned if Chris McIntosh made a move. <laughs> I mean, you and I have discussed this, and I think my part of my issue is, is that I, I look at what I've seen him target in the past for the type of player that guard guard likes, and I just think that it's a flawed approach. The type of player that he likes is typically a high floor, not ultra-athletic. Like Johnny Davis is, is the outlier for what we have gone after in terms of players. And the problem that I have with this is that it still requires a lot to go right. Like skilled players, if they're not great athletes, are going to have bad days where more athletic players cause problems for them. You have to have a balance. Like Mm -hmm. at some point you need an influx of some athleticism to help even that playing field a little bit and give your less athletic players some openings that wouldn't be there otherwise. And there's nobody that can really put pressure on a defense on this team. And that's part of the problem. Like you can you can man up every single guy on Wisconsin. Yes. Crowell is the closest thing to a double team that you can get. And even he, if you get the right type of guy on him, is big enough and physical enough. We saw it today. Like he get he get pushed out to about eight feet off the post, and he'd still go up with that hook shot. And it's that's a that's a tough shot for NBA guys to hit. That's a long shot. Yeah. You know, I think you made a great point right there where you said you can man up everybody on Wisconsin. There is no Everybody in Wisconsin needs offense manufactured for them, right? Where it's just that makes it really hard. And we wonder, well, why are we in these scoring droughts? It's because every single player needs offense manufactured. There's a a comment in here that said 13 points in the second half from Ryan Arnold is mainly on guard. It is and it isn't. Like, in my opinion, like the roster construction is on guard. The roster construction leads to the offense we're running. You know, so to to that point, it is on guard because he built a roster, but there's also nothing I think he can do in game to fix it. Listen, that last play that was drawn up was not a bad play. That was not a, that was not a guard mistake there. 
that was two players playing hot potato with a ball, trying to be trying to get the easier shot and overplaying their hand is what happened. Wall probably should have gone up with it, but I, I think, in my opinion, I would have I would have liked Krell to take the shot. I felt like he was deep enough where he could have got a decent look with the hook, and he was he's got a pretty good size advantage over the guy covering him. So I felt okay with him going up with that shot over Wall, who has struggled to elevate and needs time to kind of set himself up. And I think that that's kind of where I was with this one, that I really would have liked the first shot. When Chucky made that pass, would have liked to see Crawl go up with it. And I want to be very clear, and I agree with you, Justin. I, I thought Crawl should have just gone up with that. Tyler Wall would have been in a rebounding position. Um, it's just overpassing for for really no reason. It's it's a lack of situational awareness, by the way, as well, right? That's on the coaches. But that's also two veteran players who you shouldn't need to coach situational awareness to Tyler Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell in that moment. Mm-hmm. They, they know what the shot clock is, the game clock is. Um, no, my bigger point here is even if we had made that bucket, gone to overtime, let's say we we win the game at the end, it doesn't change anything big picture. Like I, I just don't want to get into this yo-yo yeah. of he's good, he's bad. He This roster needs to get a lot more talented, yes. period. And whether we won this tournament or not, that's, that's, that's where we're at. All of us as Wisconsin fans want to see them make a deep run they want to see us win the Big Ten. We want to see them win the Big Ten tournament. In order to do that, we need to start. We we need to, here's here's how I'd like to see us do it. Measure yourself against what your expectations are of what good basketball is, not against the teams that are your peers in the league. What do you think makes you elite? And that's what you should be striving for as a team. Because when you start measuring yourself against somebody else, you're giving yourself reasons to not be as good as what you think you potentially could be. Your goal should be to go out there and dominate those teams in your league and prove that you're the best team by far. And if, you know, if all, if you get the talent assembled for it, then you suddenly put together a 2014, 2015 team that goes out there and starts just destroying teams. And you, you know, you get to a level that you're above everybody and that you're measuring yourself against, you know, probably the top other four or five teams in the country that you're going against. I don't want to hear we're measuring against ourselves against Michigan, against Illinois, against Purdue, against Iowa, because those teams aren't doing anything in the tournament. Until they prove that they're there's some a reasonable measuring stick, what are why? Why should we be looking at them as what we're trying to establish? Now, you can make the argument that Michigan State does, because I feel like they at least they know what they're doing to get themselves ready for March. You can, you can say good with the bad, whatever you want to look at their teams that can be inconsistent throughout the season. He has them ready to play come tournament time, and typically they play to a, a high level in March. Even if they're not ultra-talented, he finds ways to get them in good spots in games. They had a good showing this year for sure. They, they <laughs> looked like they belonged. Um, er, er, I'm going to mispronounce his name. I apologize. Er Macy Lama, 24, says it was a good play. Players need to execute. I agree with that. I thought it was a well-drawn-up play. Um, we overpassed. The score. Kral should have executed a little better. Tyler Wall should have executed a little better. I agree with that. Patrick Johnson says Juwan Howard is laughing somewhere right now, <laughs> which Dominic Shapiro follows up with. Jamal. Juwan Howard is sitting at home. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's not like listen. Michigan didn't do anything either. Yeah, they stopped playing like a week and a half ago. Yeah, so I don't know how much he's laughing. Let's be clear there. I got to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back. I want to get into some of your questions. I'm going to let Justin pick a couple out as well. A ton of good comments. Um, really, really insightful crowd as always. We're getting into that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, as always, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Build Online. Our Bet Online, sorry. 
BetOnline is the number one sports book in America. It's something I've talked about. FanDuel, my goodness. I'm thinking Bilt Bar, BetOnline was the old sponsor. FanDuel, number one sports book in America. This uh, super safe, secure, easy-to-use app. Download it now and get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If you mess up, free bets back, free money back. It's incredible to use. There's a reason we go to it. And I've talked a lot about the same game parlays FanDuel has. Combined rebounds, points, assists into one game. Get paid immediately. No longer waiting for weeks for a payout. A complicated system. Offshore stuff. FanDuel does it incredibly easily. Um, Same game parlays get bigger payouts. Plus, I've talked about in my show earlier today, if you think the Suns are coming out of the West, which I do, and the Bucks are coming out of the East, which Justin does, you can bet on that um, that outcome, right? Plus 650 to get Suns versus Bucks in the finals. It's the only time you'll find me and Justin actually feuding and not getting along. So bet for that if you want. If you want to see some drama on the show, don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. Fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's get Justin back on. Uh, he remembers when the Suns yeah. and Bucks. Oh, yeah. There was a moratorium on finals discussion between Ryan and I. It got heated to the point where it was we we refused to talk. Now we we weren't saying mean things to each other, but we had very different perspectives on the series when the Bucks were playing the Suns in the final. And and Ryan and I were not hearing it from each other what their what their point of view was. Yeah. And just listen, Justin got the chip, right? Justin got the ring out of that. Um as a Suns fan, I, I remain winless in championship rings. All right, let's let's keep talking here. Um, hold on, Jason Gelden says I live in Phoenix. I can't t- stand uh, sports talk radio in Phoenix. Well, the Suns Kool Aid drinkers. Oh yeah, like I can't talk Phoenix Suns basketball here. I'll lose everybody. Jason, let's 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 sync up. Let's sync up, man. I will talk all sorts of Phoenix Suns Kool Aid. Let's go. All right, let's keep talking here. So I want to open it up, Justin, for spring football talk as well. Uh, practice number two was in the books. We we saw some quarterback highlights, um, some offensive line quotes. They interviewed Jack Bicknell Jr., Jack Nelson, a couple other players. <coughs> and then there's there's a bunch more um, just basketball comments I want to get to. So, Justin, I'm going to kick it over to you. I want to, I want to stay with basketball for a little bit here. Going into next season, does this mini run in the NIT tournament give you any optimism? So this is so uh, really quick. Let me you put this Brian Walsh quote up here. Uh, Brian Walsh says Badger fans of which I am one are totally spoiled. Need to get over ourselves a little, in my opinion. Justin, I think this is a great comment because I think you and I disagree a little bit on it. I agree with Brian's comment. I think we are spoiled, and I think an NIT run shouldn't be the end of the world. Um, a lot of teams have most teams go and miss a tournament once in a while. Like I think we have been spoiled by our success. I agree with this comment. I think it depends on the the way you carry yourself when it comes to it. Um, I think there's a difference between having high expectations. Like we could have a terrible team and I would still have expectations that we compete. And I think that that's where I am. And there was too many times this year where I looked at it and it's like, we're not competing at a high level. Like this team is ultra flawed and we've, we backed ourselves into a corner of having to play over our head at times to win. Like, the record we had, I almost feel was was better than what I actually saw on the floor a lot of the times this season, and it was frustrating for me when people were still pushing, thinking that we deserved to be in the tournaments, because I I was very much of the mindset that this is a team that I looked at and I thought it, we very well could have been under 500 in those games that were close, 
And I think that we had some good luck. Like, I do think that we are a team that was, was good at not making the big mistake in the tight moments, but we also didn't have those games where the other team hit a lock or pulled a shot out of their butt and hit a big three that could have completely taken us out of those games. Now, I think the way I look at it is, listen, if you're a team that's expecting them to win the Big Ten every year, to win the Big Ten tournament every year, to blow out everyone, then, yeah, your your expectations are, are pretty unreasonable. Now, I look at Wisconsin in terms of what pedigree level I feel like they're at and what the program is at, and that's how I align my expectations. I look at Wisconsin based off of what uh, Bo Ryan built, and to me – I feel like it's a reasonable expectation over the level of program, which I think Wisconsin, I would say is top 20, top 15 basketball program and say, I expect us to finish with close to 20 wins. I expect us to be hopefully in the big 10 race. And I expect us to make the tournament and hopefully have a roster capable of making a run. But not every year, right? Like, I think that's unreasonable. Like I, I think I, making the tournament is an expectation. I don't think winning the Big Ten is an expectation on a year-in, year-out basis. Like, top four, top five, I feel like is a reasonable expectation for if you look at where we're at in the pecking order in the Big Ten. If you're recruiting at, at a good level, and we, we broke this down kind of when we were on the broadcast for the show tonight, mm-hmm. we, we had a live broadcast, and I said, Bo Ryan, if you look at the time period early in his career, his hits – he was hitting at like a 75%, 80% clip on recruits. We're not hitting at that level in recruiting, and that's what's killing us right now, is everybody was basically produced to some level on the team, whether it was a high-end bench reserve or a guy that was a plus starter for Wisconsin from basically 2003 to like 2009. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think you're overrating the brand a little bit. Um, and this is one of the disagreements we've had, which I love. I love disagreements. I think I think it makes us all smarter uh, when we disagree a little bit and then we can talk about it. I don't think this is a top 15 brand. You mentioned top 20, top 15. I don't think Wisconsin Badgers basketball is a top 15 national brand. I, I don't think we're that high. When you, If you were, were to really break it down. I think like, the culture that we've built, I think I agree with that because we've, we haven't sold ourselves well based off of our accomplishments. I mean it more off of what we've accomplished mm-hmm. in the last 20 years more so than how we're viewed in the, the landscape of college basketball. I think, I think accomplishment wise, I see what you're saying in the context there makes more sense to me. So I, I agree with your point there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just tend to continue to go back to the fact that there's a lot of blue bloods that miss the tournament. There's a lot of blue bloods that, that struggle and don't even qualify for an NIT occasionally. To me, that doesn't feel that unusual. What we had with Bo Ryan was special. It was unique. It's not, it's not, doable again right because Bo Ryan's a one-off there's just not another Bo Ryan out there so to an extent I don't disagree with that but those blue bloods typically have a lot more roster turnover turnover than Wisconsin traditionally Mm -hmm. does it's true too and because of that they they're kind of left in the lurch where it's it's more you have guys leaving early that you're not expecting to and having to backfill Wisconsin doesn't have a great deal of that what we're what we're trying to backfill now is we're trying to backfill misses we have guys that we put we, we put on scholarship that we're finding out are not scholarship players, and now we have to find a way to cover up those misses to fill out the roster with quality players. That I agree with. And you and I have been lockstep on this, and, and that doesn't make us savants, right? This ro- roster needs more talent. This roster mm-hmm. doesn't need more talent like one more transfer. 
this roster needs like three more people. Mm -hmm. Um, it needs a lot more talent. Um, there's a question here. That's, that's an interesting one. Um, I missed it. There's so many good comments here. I apologize. I'm not going to get to them. The comment was gray guard is off brand. Bo Ryan is gray guard. Just a lesser copy of Bo Ryan, or does he do some unique things that maybe Bo Ryan tend to. Um, it's hard for me to say because I don't know what what level of a hand a guard had and what Ryan was doing at the time. I think guard was much more of a charismatic coach, and I he had a, a larger than life persona, like him and Izzo. For better or worse, they were the guys running the Big Ten for a long period of time. There, they were the two coaches that everybody hated, and because of that, like I, you always people always made fun of guard or of uh, Bo Ryan when he was on the, the sidelines. And I loved watching that stuff because he always reminded me of Vince McMahon from uh, wrestling, the way he would react whenever yeah. a call was bad. Yeah, and I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like he's, he's losing it so much, but he's not getting to the point where he's getting a technical. Um, but he had that command, like those guys that like, we kind of talked about this with football and stuff like that. And I think fickle is one of those guys too. When it comes to football, you look at him and it's like, you're kind of in awe of the guy when you see him kind of walk in just the way he carries himself. And I think that that's the biggest difference. Guard seems like your high school coach, the guy that you get along with really well. He kind of sits there and makes jokes, cracks jokes at you and stuff like that. He's a good coach, but he's not a guy who has this persona that when you walk into a room, you go, Oh my God, that's great guard. Well, Jim Parks comes in with that comment. Guard is very low energy. I think he, I think he is low energy. Mm -hmm. To your point, Justin. I don't know if that's the exact point you're making, but I think, especially compared to Bo Ryan, right? He's he's absolutely low energy. Um, Jesse has a question. What is that picture on the bottom shelf behind Ryan? Um, that is my wife got me that. It is this awesome retro Badger like drawing thing she got off Etsy. Uh, my wife won my birthday with that, so. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put the link into into the chat with that. It's it's a great picture of of vintage Badgers playing football. Um, Justin, I want to go here. Is this season a failure? You know, it's hard for me to say because, like, I look at it and it's are we are we basing it off of are we finding answers for next season? Because if we're if we're saying that, then I yeah, to an extent, I say it's a failure. Did did making this run? coming into the the NIT, did it give us a little bit of a better feeling about, you know, hey, this team is capable of putting stringing some things together? I'd say yes and no. Like we talked about the game tonight was a microcosm. It kind of is. Like this team can play really good basketball for spurts, but I don't know. Like I, that's, that is not a, this is not a team that can play 40 minutes of that. And that's where our problem kind of lies. So I'm going to say it is a failure. Um, I've been very clear that I think Greg Gard should come back. I've been very clear that the, you shouldn't expect to make the tournament every year. But I've also been very clear that if you don't make the tournament as Wisconsin, that season is a failure, period. Mm -hmm. Like that, you, I just, I don't believe in, well, we didn't make the tournament and the season's not a failure. Now, a failure to me doesn't mean you, you blow the entire building down and you rebuild everything. But a failure does mean you better take a darn hard look in the offseason and say, what do we need to do to correct these issues? And let's not stack failures on top of each other. I think at Wisconsin, if you don't make the tournament, it's a failure. That That's where I'm at. Yeah, if we don't have significantly get better next year, I think that he's going to be in a, in a place he doesn't want to be because he need, he's going to have to answer some tough questions <clears throat> if, they, if they miss the tournament next year with how are you going to get this back on track? And 
listen, we haven't seen from a recruiting standpoint that he's capable of answering those questions in an affirmative for sure. I don't go into a, a season with him recruiting wise and assume he's going to hit on his plan A targets. And that's kind of where it is. Like we have some nice young guys that he's bringing in, but I can't look none of the guys that are coming in. And I think Gus is the closest thing to it of a guy that could be a really nice producer for us next year, mm-hmm. but it's not a lock. So these guys have to find a way, especially if Wally leaves, there are people wondering if, Gus can be a fill-in for what Wall left. Now, I haven't loved Wall's offense this year. I've, in fact, I've been very critical of it at times. But there's a lot of things he does on the court besides offense mm-hmm. that that Gus is not going to fill in next year. And that's that's the big loss there. And we may see some better things on offense, but we we may give it back on the defensive end, and that's but where the questions are. You, you know where I'm at, though? We've talked about this a lot. Offense is so bad that – Getting a boost there is worth trading off some defense for, right? If you if you can, I would it, agree with that, right? Like it's been like we had a nine minute scoring drought today. Mm-hmm. If that means I have to give up some defense to get Gus in the game, if it if he's the answer, or if it's a transfer player, whoever it is, we just need to be so much more dynamic offensively that I'm going to trade some defensive um, ability there to get a guy who can get to the rim, who can maybe draw some fouls, who can stretch the defense, who can play with IQ. Um, here's a good question from ENS. I, I want to ping this on you, Justin. Chucky Wall in a siege and over under 1.5 leaves. I'm, I'm going to just take the first one. I'm going to say under. I think one of those guys, I'm, I think one of those guys leaves. I don't think two of them leave. Yeah, I, I would say under. Um, and, until I hear legitimate info on it, I think Wall's the most likely to go. Mm-hmm. I think there have been some, there has been a little smoke regarding Chucky. We'll see if that go, if that really goes, but here's the deal he's not going to get more opportunity somewhere else. And if he goes to a team that's, that's more tournament ready, he's going to be um, take a much smaller role because he's not going to be accounted on to showcase as much on a team that's going to have more scoring. Yep. Commandant, I agree with you. He, this is my take, but Commandant also says, yes, the season is a failure, did not make the NCAA tournament. I think that is the, the bare minimum there. Just hope asks what's better, a first round loss in the NCAA or a run in the NIT. I'm going to say a first round loss in the, the yeah. NCAA tournament is better. Um, you made it. Yeah. Like you, it's, it's an accomplishment to make it in the NCAA tournament. Like there's a reason why the NIT is the best of the leftovers. Like you're, you're saying that I'm happy that we beat up on the teams that we knew weren't good enough to be in the tournament with, you know, in that situation, I'll take my chances being a 12 versus a five or whatever in the, in the tournament. To mm-hmm. if we lose to a five seed, you lose to a five seed. It's a good team you lost to. If you're losing in the NIT, you're losing to a team that's basically your level or worse. Uh, John Berger says, uh, myself, Justin Rajiv, Ryan, and John Garcia Jr. execute that last play. Let's go get us on the court. We'll, we'll, wait, wait. Which one of us is in the post? Because I'm only six two. We're gonna at least <laughs> get the shot up. listen, we're gonna at least get the shot up. Um, a bunch more questions here. This is this is a big one that I think is a huge need. We talked about this, Justin. We talked about it a ton. Ryan Dexmeyer, Dexheimer, great first name, by the way, says we just need one player that can make their own bucket every once in a while. Like we've talked about this. It's such a need on this program that offense needs to be manufactured for everybody. Nobody can consistently get in the paint and either make shots for themselves or an underrated aspect of this, draw players and then kick for easy shots. It's too hard to get anything going for anybody. 
Well, he needs to take more risks on more athletic guys that have some upside in that regard. And, and even if they're even if their handle isn't great, like Johnny's handle wasn't great when he came here, but it's something you want to develop with the guy. If they have athletic skills and there's some some hand-eye coordination there, for the love of God, go for it. Like get a couple of those guys on the I'm not asking for the whole roster to be loaded with guys that are just raw balls of clay. But if you hit on one of those guys, they transform your team. So you got to stop taking this risk that I'm going to fill the floor with five sh- guys who can shoot because guess what? If you're not hitting jump shots on a night, you're going to shoot yourself right out of a game. The the Milwaukee Bucks did that in the you know late 90s when they put together a team that had no physical post presence and no ability to get to the rim. If all you're shooting is jump shots, teams will shut you down. Eventually, because you because you don't have elite shooters, right? Yeah. That's the difference. Like if you have you elite shooters, easy scores, like it's it. getting easy scores is what what turns games. Yeah. yeah, he has to upgrade the athleticism on this roster. We've talked about it. You you can't have no elite athletes on the team. Like, and that quite frankly, I love a lot of the pieces on this team, but there's not mm-hmm. an elite athlete, and you can't win at the highest levels of college basketball if you don't have any athleticism on the wings. Well, you and I were talking about it too. Going during the game, I said it. I'm like, we're hitting all these shots in the first half. This team is going to be shooting jump shots in the second half, and if they cool off, they're going to be in trouble. Well, and they were. They cooled off. Uh, Badger, appreciate you, man. Said every point you make has to do with coaching. Love the show. Uh, really appreciate you tuning in. Um, Chris Hartz, the heartbeat of the show, says, "Have we made contact with Rajiv? Do we? We want to make sure he's okay after that collapse." I don't know if he got a chance to watch it, so we'll just have to to tell him he's better off not going back or at least only watch this, the first half. Then he's going to assume we won by 15, but yeah. Dominique Shiro says, how can we be spoiled? It's Natty's his fan base. Uh, once not first weekend losses. I, I really find this, this, this um, viewpoint interesting. And Dominique, I thank you. Thank you for uh, tuning in for, for dropping this in here because there, there are a group of people who say we've never won a national title. We can't be spoiled. I'm on the other side of that. That says we've been good for 20 plus years essentially um i i think you can't help but not be spoiled by that level of consistent success yeah mind you i've been a fan of the suns the braves the niners all of whom have gone through major rebuilds during the badgers never being bad it's it's a little like packer fans and having quarterback play like you've lived through brett Favre and aaron Rodgers. And so you've seen two Hall of Fame quarterbacks out there. Ryan has seen what the, the other end of that spectrum looks like when you're you're starting guys who don't belong in the NFL. Yes. It's brutal. DJ Feathern start, started for the 49ers. Yeah, we all know that name, right? <laughs> Not an NFL quarterback. I just tend to think we're spoiled. Um, I, I get it though. I, I get it if your your expectations are a certain level. Like I'm not gonna tell somebody else what their expectation expectations should be. Um Let's let's keep going here. I'm, I'm going to toss this one up your row from from the commandant. I disagree a bit with Justin. You can win shooting threes if you have good shooters. We don't. You can have games where you're going to get hot and shoot people to death, but the problem is, is even the great shooting teams will have games where they're off, and it's going to like if you're a team that can afford can get into the post and actually get some easy scores when you're going through those droughts, you can offset that. That's more the point I'm making. You don't want to be a one-trick pony when it comes to scoring the ball. Because if you can only score by shooting threes, eventually you're going to have an off game where you shoot 20% from three. And that can be all she wrote if you're playing a good team. What are you talking about? We can also go to a wall down low. <laughs> and watch it get spiked like a volleyball. <laughs> Back to uh, I'm sorry. I'm being salty. I shouldn't be salty. Yeah, that um, one, 
Oh, man. Evan Malone says, I think Chucky, Connor, Ilvers, Davis, and Hodges are transferring out. I, I, I don't necessarily want to say, Justin, are all these players transferring out, but I do want to raise the question in the comments as well. Do you think there could be wholesale transfers this offseason? How likely is it, do you think, maybe a couple of the bench guys and a couple of the starters leave? I think the bench guys wouldn't surprise me at all. The, the bench not- guys wouldn't surprise me at all, and I don't even know. That, like, it's possible that they get told that they may be in their best interest to look elsewhere. Uh, with regards to the starters, I don't think this team really gave up under under guard this year. So I think if they're going to leave, it's going to be because they're not happy with college life or there's another place where they'd rather be playing closer to home or whatever. I don't think it's going to be because of guard. Like, I, I really don't think that it was a tough season for them, but I didn't see this like guys who looked disinterested and didn't want to be part of the team because we the level of play would have been much worse given how limited this team was athletically. If that was the case, like they were trying throughout this throughout the remainder of the season. I think if there's one thing we've talked about consistently that reflects well on great guard, it's the fact that the effort level, especially down the stretch was pretty good. Um, The talent didn't always match up, but I thought they played for great guard really well. This is an interesting comment here. I've saw this several different ways and phrased several different ways. Justin uh, pitched, Pish Mim, oh man, I'm butchering that. I apologize, my friend. It says the problem is perception. We are viewed as a slow plotting team. No athletic baller is going to come. I was talking about the transfer portal. We used to get the stop the top in-state kids. Now we really get the top in-state kids. I want to focus on the perception part of this question, Justin. Um, again, several comments say, you know, you're not going to get someone in the portal is going to come and really help you athletically if this is the way you play. I would just ask, was that the perception last year when Johnny Davis was all a lottery pick, right? Is is I, I feel like it's that's a little reactionary in my well, opinion. That nobody will come. I'm just gonna say this: if you're a three star recruit who is a raw athlete, you're gonna go where you have a, a to whatever team's a good team that's gonna give you opportunity, and that's that's more what I'm saying. Like, yes, the top guys who are athlete athletes, they're gonna go play in the system that they can get. The guys who are a three-star who are a little bit more raw and are just hoping to get a good ride, when when a school like Wisconsin comes to you, you'll take your chances because you want to play like hearing Wisconsin come by and offer you a scholarship is a big deal. Yeah, like the name still carries some weight. It's not like like there are there there are, there's a reason why we're seeing guys who are coming from these mid-major programs who are athletic and seeing them in the tournament and going, wow what are these, like, how are we, these guys, this many athletes on a team like FAU or whatever. Now there probably would be some academic restrictions on some of the guys with a school with, with like that, because I'm sure FAU's requirements aren't as high as Wisconsin's, but they're loaded with athletes. And I'm sure they weren't sitting there being like, Hey, we're going to play run and gun. We're going to win 30 games a year. You know, they built that roster. And you got to sell those kids. And and part of it's on guard. He's got to sell these kids on his vision of what he wants to do. So you got to find a way to get them in the door. I think, I think it's a little overblown would be my, my where I'm at with the perception of it. I think guard, if you went to somebody and said, Hey, look at what we did with Johnny Davis. He was a lottery pick. We played more ISO ball with him. We, we sped up. I think he could sell it if he wanted to. Now, does he want to? I don't know. He like coaches can spin things, right? He can very easily say, Hey, we played the, this way this year because of what we had on the roster. You would change things. Yeah. Right. I, 
I, I just I don't know if guard is going to do that. I don't know if that's the biggest question. That's a million dollar question with guard. Like, what is he going to do to improve well, this roster this offseason? Yeah, I mean, he we discussed that he needs depth, and he said that he needs depth, but he didn't do anything to try and build it either, though. So it's true. No, it's true. That's a fair. Like you had opportunity to play some of the guys that were new to give them some experience in your offense and to get them film of them playing in game. Listen, I'm all for practice, guys playing hard and earning it. But getting them on the court and seeing where their discrepancies are and why you're not giving them more minutes is valuable to them. Like you give them the opportunity to say, hey, we need this cleaned up in order for you to be out on the court more. And we didn't do any of that. We had it early in the season where we could have had guys where they could have logged some minutes in the non-con, which is what it is. You know, you you chose to win those games. That's fine. But you're kind of digging your own grave when it comes to depth when you get to the rest of the season, when you haven't played those guys and now they're not ready. Yeah. And this is Wisco RJ says guard is stubborn on playing some more guys. I agree with that. I think Justin and I both agree with that. It's something that's frustrated both of us. Um, I don't think Hodges playing five minutes a game kills you and you get to see what he does and develops. Um, I and think he learns from it more. Yeah. I think Kamari McGee playing a little more early in the year, maybe gets him ready for games like you needed him tonight. So mm-hmm. I think that's a valid criticism. It's something that I don't believe Greg Gard has done a great job of. All right, y'all, we're going to wrap it up there. We didn't get to every comment. Um, 37 minutes in, 240 watching. Really do appreciate you joining us to put kind of the the final bow on the Wisconsin Badgers basketball season. We're definitely going to have a, a full season recap, talk about superlatives, player of the year, grade it out. But it's over. The basketball season's over until until next year, Justin. <laughs> it's sad. Um. It is. Anyway. It is. I'm looking forward to hopefully we have a good off season and we have something to be positive with next season. A bunch, a bunch of good comments. False and, belief, Justin. And Ryan, I, we're, no, Ryan, we will not be starting. <laughs> Listen, um, on, on a lighter note, a bunch of football content coming up. We're going to be doing a live show for the launch. I'm still working out details. I have emails out to several different places where we can get together. I'm still trying to figure out where those places will be. So John asks about where that is. Um, we're trying to get that all together. I think there's going to be a couple yeah. players that show up, a couple recruits potentially. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, we'll make Ryan open a Discord channel, and we'll, we'll start to throw some details in there. And you guys have any ideas of cool things to do during that weekend? We'll get some stuff put together, meet up with some guys, maybe have a few beers. Maybe. Have a good time. Maybe. Like, let's let's cross the maybe out of there. Yeah. We will okay. have some beer. We'll have yeah. some wings. <laughs> badgers. We'll give away some swag. Um, and I'll get an opportunity to personally say thank you for everybody kind of tuning into the show and helping support the community. So, as always, on Wisconsin, basketball is over for the year, but we're going to keep talking about it for sure. And, uh, Justin, thank you for jumping in. No problem.